Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. Stories connect us, inspire us, and give us hope. Everyone has a story. We believe that stories of real people who have suffered adversities, breakups, and breakdowns, and rebuilt their lives are powerful reminders of what the human spirit is capable of. Whether you're just starting or in the midst of your own journey to rebuild your life, or supporting someone going through their challenges, stories show us what's possible. This is The Honest Hour. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. And I'm Julie Growell. Together, we are holding the space for brave life warriors to share their journeys, their reflections and learnings. They show us that no matter where you are in life, however dark that place is, there is the option to rise up, that it's doable and worthwhile if we choose to. They show us another way. Living your life with more ease is possible. And our guest today is Kelly Brandley, a woman who has been through one of life's most challenging experiences, namely going through a divorce that lasted nearly as long as her marriage. Her divorce dragged out over eight years, resulting in numerous court battles, discussions over custody, and all of this had a significant impact on her finances and health. Today, Kelly has survived her divorce and the aftermath that brought, and is thriving, having created an amazing love story that not only inspires, but gives great hope to those who are looking to move on again after a divorce and find love again. Kelly has not only been able to rebuild her own life, but she has gone on to support hundreds of divorced singles to do the same as a dating and relationship coach. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you both. Lovely to have you here, Kelly. Thank you. It's it's an incredible story. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes when I hear it, it's surprising, actually, that it's my life story. You know, when you get Mm. through it and you look back, it's like, wow, I did did come through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, you know, <laughs> seeing that actually Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, right? And who who better to talk <laughs> us through about you know, how to find love? Hope, and, exactly. <laughs> um, than somebody who's you know who's been through it, you know, before and uh, yeah, and is now helping people do the same. So, so Kelly, can you just you know share briefly about yeah this uh, <laughs> you know what happened? What happened? Yes. <laughs> You know, I mean, eight years of divorce battle. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, my marriage ended in 2013. And like many people, it came actually as a shock to me. I wasn't expecting. I mean, like any marriage, we had our ups and downs. But um, I didn't realize that my ex-husband was so unhappy in our marriage and had um, been making plans to leave for quite some time. And so the day actually that he left, 
um, was shocking because we'd had lunch together and we had been talking about actually buying a new house. Um, we had one child at the time, you know, I was saying, I think it's time my son was two, like, let's start um, talking about having a second child. And mm. I actually, you know, left this lunch meeting that day on top of the world thinking, you know, everything was great. And that evening he came home and it felt like he picked a fight. And at the end of that fight, he just said, I'm leaving. And he packed a bag and moved out that night. And so my world just (sighs) fell apart. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I mean, looking back, of course, you can say I probably should have seen it. and, And maybe there were more signs that I chose to ignore. But, you know, when you're in that reality and the carpet get pulled, gets pulled out from under you, you really don't know what to do. And so, yeah, I mean, I went through um, a massive depression as a result of that. I had just started a new business. Oh, God. Um, of course, you know, that was not on my priority list. And uh, I ended up um, speaking to my mom over Skype at the time, right? We didn't have Zoom back then. We had Skype. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I talked to my mom, um, who I'd never had a great relationship with. So this was like a major thing for me to yeah. actually talk to my mom. Um, yeah. And we ended up Skyping for like five, six hours a day. Like I was just in bed crying and she sat there and listened to me. And mm. um, it was amazing because we actually connected for the first time. Um, you know, as mother and daughter, and she told me her story about her marriage and my parents were divorced and everything. And I realized how similar, you know, our stories were and how that generational repetition actually had Mm -hmm. played out in my life. And as much as I thought I'd married somebody completely different, Mm -hmm. of course, there was a lot of the same patterns. Yeah. And then, you know, when life gets you down, sometimes it, it kicks you even further. And Three weeks after my husband moved out, my mom died. Oh my God. A sudden oh heart attack. My God, Kelly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so just when you were sort of, you know, rebuilding. Wow. Yeah. I can't even say I was at the point of rebuilding that. I was really like at Breaking, rock bottom. Right. right. Broken down. Yeah. The world you broken know? down on so many yeah. levels. Oh my God. And so, um, yeah. I mean, then it was, then you shift gears, right? And you start you no longer focus on yourself and what you're going through. And then it was, you know, I traveled back home to Canada, um, organized her funeral, um, cleaned out her apartment, did all these things. And uh, I think, you know, in a way um, having that focus took my mind off my divorce, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. in another way, it meant that I was able to push out um, two big traumas in my life yeah. going through the divorce and the loss of my mom for a very long time mm-hmm. and so I got into um, a pattern that I think a lot of people do which is you just get busy mm-hmm. right you completely ignore what's going on and uh, I did that and when I came home you know I um, went on a trip um, you know I started to feel better um, mm-hmm. as you do by, by focusing other things. And then, um, about four months after all this happened, I met a guy mm. walking on the street one night and, you know, that kind of picked me up and gave me excitement and hope. And we started this like romance, you know, that was, um, 
really exciting, made me feel good. I felt, you know, attractive again, rebuilt my confidence, all those things that happened. Um, but then I realized, you know, it, it ended up being an off on relationship. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, um, yeah, there was a lot of pain in that relationship. And um, it was only at the end of that relationship um, when it ended that everything came up again. All the the pain from my divorce, all the pain mm-hmm. from, from losing my mom and not dealing with it. And I see that so much in the clients that I work with, mm-hmm. that as human beings, we get really good at just pushing stuff to the side and not dealing with it. And then it comes up later. How did this build, rebuilding and your new business fit into this? Because this is another, which for me, <laughs> this is like breakdown, but at the same time, I'm building at the same time. You know, it is like, it's three major things happen yeah. at the same time. So I'm curious, how, how did this setting up the business fit into this? Yeah. So it's not the business I do now. I was actually a headhunter um, mm-hmm. before I started this business. And uh, so, yeah, that was part of, you know, throwing myself into work. Mm-hmm. Thank right? God. I, yeah. I had this new business I needed to focus on and I was building a team and I was super busy and I had a two-year-old and who then grew up and stuff, but yeah, as a single mom, you're, mm. you know, you're busy from morning to night. You don't really have time to sit down and think, oh my gosh, what's happened? You just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so in one side that helped me, um, you know, and I built um, really successful business as a result of, you know, having mm-hmm. this drive to, mm-hmm. to avoid. But like I said, it, it did come back. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of that relationship, it's when I realized I was repeating the same things mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they were the same patterns I'd had in relationships, even before my marriage, right. There are mm-hmm. things that I'd learned growing up as a child, watching my parents' marriage, my parents, um, my parents separated multiple times through my childhood and got back together. So I'd seen mm-hmm. all these things and, and that's what was going on. And so it was after that relationship ended that I decided I was going to fix this. Mm-hmm. I was going to find the perfect partner. I think anyone who's been through divorce can probably relate um, to mm-hmm. this. Like if I didn't get it right that time, this time I'm going to get it absolutely perfect mm-hmm. and I'm going to find the perfect guy. And so I dated um, like I had hunted and uh, I went on 96 <laughs> first date. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was, you know, seriously dating um unfortunately for most of the men that I met at that point I never gave them a chance I was just like I had my checklist and it was like you didn't fit okay next Mm. and so you know for two years this was this was my new focus my new distraction Mm -hmm. was just Mm -hmm. meeting and dating and dating and learning and um realizing that you know I probably wasn't where I thought I was in terms of mm-hmm. finding a relationship and all the while all the while you still managing the divorce process yes that's all running in the background background <laughs> yeah I mean we can talk about the the details mm. of that but yeah yeah and uh so in terms of you know how I I got through I went through a turning point in 2019 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I'd had, you know, a real sort of breakdown point 
were the stress of everything got to me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the divorce taking so long, um, it becomes normal, but I didn't realize only in, after the divorce was finalized, did I realize how much of like this low level of stress I had lived with. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't even take notice of it anymore, but you know, every six months you get an invitation to go to court. You have to provide documents. There's all this stress. Um, there would be tension between my ex-husband and I, you know, and my son being in the middle. This is also something where, you know, questions start coming. What's your mom doing and all these mm-hmm. things. And yeah, you end up sort of living with stress that you don't even recognize is there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really tough, our, our divorce in the sense that we were so completely polar opposite in terms of our stance on the divorce that the court said somebody's lying, but we don't know who. Oh my God. Yeah. So it wasn't, there wasn't even a basis we, for negotiation. This was the thing, a lot of couples, right. Um, They go to mediators and they find a common ground and they find something that, you know, is fair. It's, you know, there's only two losers in a divorce, right. Nobody comes out saying, Hey, I won and you lost. It doesn't work that way. Um, But most people can find a common ground and say, this is, you know, this is important to me. This is important to you. I'll give here, you take there and and we'll find a solution. And that wasn't possible for us. Um, We'd been to a, is that what dragged it on for so long? Yeah. So I think statistically only about 5% of divorces end up in a divorce process through the courts. The rest end up finding a solution or they go to what you call like a mediation hearing and then they find a solution there. Mm-hmm. What do you find surprising, if at all, in this process in relation to the person that you share your life with for that long, Kelly? <laughs> Was it there like you become a different person or? You only, you only know the person you married when you go through divorce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean... It brings out the worst. It brings out the worst in you too. I mean, it's not just the other person and and how they do, but, um, you know, when you're in a marriage and you've got this positive intent and you want the best for the person and you want to find a solution, you're very much compromised focused. When you go through a divorce and you actually start to hate the other person, there's no like kindness there to even find compromise in most cases. Um, or at least in this kind of case that we were going through. And I think that was where things got really, mm-hmm. really hard for both of us, mm-hmm. you know? And um, of course the emotion when, when somebody does decide to leave a marriage, it wasn't that we had this mutual agreement, Hey, our marriage is finished. Let's move on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a lot of hurt and pain that I wasn't dealing with mm-hmm. that came out. There was a lot of resentment and anger that came out. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, from his side as well, mm-hmm. uh, this realization that um, whatever he, you know, expected out of our marriage, he didn't get either. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to the bottom of it? What was it? I mean, you don't need to share, but I just wonder whether. No, it's no. it's one of those things where you never really get closure in that sense. Right. At least I don't. It, the kind of situation I went through, I don't think so. For a lot of others, they say we, we're friends now and we can talk mm-hmm. about it and share. Um, we actually, 
it's only been a few months um, mm-hmm. that we actually sat together at the same table mm-hmm. oh, for the wow. first time. Yeah. And that, How was that I have to thank my new partner for because he was the one who actually orchestrated that. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. That's an amazing story. How yeah. did you manage your son somewhat being in the middle of this? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you do the best that you can. I think co-parenting is, it has built in challenges, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you do the very best you can to, to bridge this gap between different rules and different households, different mm. views on what's okay. I mean, you know, I have um, clients every day and it comes down to things like, you know, should my children be drinking soda? Should they be watching this television? Should they be going to bed at this time? Right. And these are all real things where when the emotions are involved, they become huge issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And to try and, and protect your child in that is extremely difficult. And I think for me, the turning point was when I learned to let go. Mm. But I learned to accept that I can only control what's in happens in my home. Mm. And when he goes to his father's house, that that's his responsibility. And mm. that for me was a massive turning point that I noticed a big difference in him as well, mm. because I was no longer asking, what did you do this weekend? And, you know, oh, you shouldn't be allowed that. And I find, mm. finally came to the point where I said, tell me, I want to know, you know, how was your weekend? What did you do? And he said he got to then be free to just share. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that was probably the best thing I did to help him through the, the process was just to accept the things I couldn't influence. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. My God, eight years. <laughs> I have to say, you know, you think after eight years, you, you come out of the court, you're divorced and you celebrate. Um, it wasn't like that for me at okay. all. I went through the biggest down after the divorce. Okay. And wow. that's where I said, that's where I realized I'd lived under such a, a tension for so many years. Mm-hmm. And expectation and or lack of expectations the day I got divorced I didn't expect to get divorced my lawyer ah. said it'll probably go another one or two years oh. okay so, I didn't expect it yeah. and so I walked out of the courtroom and I was like am I divorced and I looked at her and she goes yeah you're divorced I said really like are, are you sure like I was I was in shock by the fact that it yeah. had actually got finalized yeah. And then the aftermath of that was, was, yeah, totally kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, I should be happy and I should be feeling mm-hmm. relief. And I wasn't at all. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. I was, ex- yeah. yeah, I thought you would be yeah. very happy yeah. and relieved. And yeah. like, oh, I can start walking my life completely less with less and, burden. And why, do you, and why do you think that is, Kelly? There's something about getting divorced that is a sense of freedom, but there's also this realization that it's not so different. I think mm. you can relate this to when I hear people get married, right? You know, like they think mm. this expectation, the wedding day is going to somehow change your relationship and it's going to feel totally different after. And you kind of go through the wedding and the big party and the celebration. And then you wake up the next morning and you go, do you feel different? And you go, no, I kind of feel the same. Mm. I mean, I'm excited we're together, but 
we create these expectations. And I think that's what it was, is Mm. I thought that I was going to have this huge weight lifted off my shoulders in that moment. Mm -hmm. And when it didn't happen, I went, what's going on? You know, Mm -hmm. why am I feeling this? Why am I feeling like, you know, things aren't that different in in a lot of ways, you know, I still have a co-parent. We still have, you know, this, connection between us that's not the legal connections there Mm. but this child that binds us Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. is still there and and I guess I expected that to be different Mm. yeah wow so you had a depression and then what happened after (laughs) I mean yeah I mean it it was a short um it was a short feeling um this time I'd learned you know through the work that I do and everything to actually honor my feelings Mm -hmm. and to let it be okay rather than to push them away and and work over them so I did allow everything that needed to come out to come out um you know I cried I um took a lot of time I love walking in nature I was in the mountains I took a lot of time for me just to take care of myself and like I said, honor what was going. And I, I managed to get through it fairly quickly Mm -hmm. um, and realize, you know, the, there is freedom in it. You know, I can see now um, of eight years of sort of being in this transition Mm -hmm. um, that I now could make decisions, you know, like Mm -hmm. on my own and decide what I was going to do. And um that sort of took time to really sink in that I had that ability. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it took me a couple of weeks, but then I I got to a point where I was ready to say, Hey, you know, I did this. I got through all these eight years. Um, In the end, you know, I was, I was happy with the outcome Um, Mm -hmm. as happy as you can be with, with what comes out after a divorce. But um, yeah, I think it was, it was also being proud of myself for what I had gone through all those years. And mm-hmm. yeah. I have a couple of questions. Should <laughs> I shoot them all both? And then you decide how to answer this. <laughs> the first thing would be what, what did you learn either about yourself or about the process of going through such a intense, long process of divorcing? And number two, what did you learn about dating while you go through a divorce? Because mm. the, <laughs> this is another parties coming into your life when you are trying to complete the cycle yes. with the, the old one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in terms of learning, I think I touched on a couple of the, the key ones. One was, you know, just honoring feelings and mm-hmm. where you're at and knowing that whatever comes up for you is okay. Um, and to let go of expectation that it should happen a certain way, that we should feel certain things at certain points. Um, I work a lot with um, the grief cycle, you know, and understanding those different phases. And I think everybody goes through them in different times and at their own pace. And so that was probably, you know, as a personal learning, um, something that came out as far as dating while you're going through a divorce like that, it does have challenges. Um, definitely, you know, 
not realizing how long that can take. And I have, you know, a lot of clients who struggle with that. They meet somebody and they think the divorce is going to take a few months and then it goes on for years. And it does have an impact on what you're, you're able to do when you meet somebody, you know, who is single or divorced and they want to get married or they want to have a family and you're not in a position to do that. It impacts a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I think, there are people, and I became one of those people. I was actually separated, and I refused to date separated people because I knew what it meant for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always say divorce happens on three levels it happens on an emotional level, a physical level, like moving out of the home, and then the legal level. Mm-hmm. And they don't all happen in the same order, they don't yeah. all happen at the same time. Um, and the question is, you know, like if you've done two out of the three, are you more married or more divorced? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that really depends for different people, you know, for yeah. me after all those years, it was just the legal, we needed a signature. Um, the emotional and the physical had happened a long time before, mm-hmm. but I see some people, you know, they're legally divorced, but they haven't even started the process of the emotional separation, even the physical separation in some cases, they stay for the children. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're still living in the same home. Mm-hmm. And that was for me a big learning in um, in the mm-hmm. whole process of dating mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think also there's an, another element about this whole thing f- with the son, with your son, you know, how to <laughs> bring the person in, what to say, what not to say, etc. I could just imagine it's not <laughs> Easy. So how did you then sort of, you know, from where you were sort of then transition into this kind of, you know, what, where, where you are now? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, relationship coaching and, and obviously then finding, you know, finding love again. I yeah. think finding love again, then relationship coaching, or is it relationship coaching? Yeah, which and one, came, love? First, which one yeah. came first, Kelly? <laughs> so um, as I, I alluded to 2019, I had another sort of breakdown breakthrough mm-hmm. and I was, you know, running this business that I'd started. And things were going well, but I was feeling really unfulfilled. Mm. And, you know, I'd been on this dating treadmill, I call it, with all these, <laughs> all these dates. Off, and I decided <laughs> um, <laughs> to go on a, a meditation yoga retreat mm-hmm. with the goal of actually figuring out, you know, what do I want to do mm-hmm. with my life? Where is it going after the divorce is finalized? And um, at that time, I came up with, Um, this realization that my value was to be married, was to have a life partner, was to have a family. Like I really valued that. And I wasn't living in accordance with my values. And that was part of this feeling of being unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I see, you know, a lot of people, you've got this great career and, you know, things are going well in other areas, but there's something that just isn't there. It's missing. And so when I was away on this retreat, I decided that I wanted to, to fix this part of my life. And so I, being the person that I am very growth oriented, decided that I needed to study dating and relationships <laughs> to figure this out. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, After so, 96 uh, first, first dates. That's <laughs> <laughs> off, huh? by the way, 96 yeah. first dates. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I did some Googling and I found out that there was a, actually this, this school called the Matchmaking Institute in New York that okay. trained people to be matchmakers and dating coaches. And so I signed up and, and I flew off 
to the States and I started studying and I met amazing people in the industry. And I realized that um, there's this whole science behind it. And I started um, studying with this um, fantastic researcher in the U.S., um, Terry Orbach, who studied um, couples. She, she started a, a research project to study the early years of marriage, and it's now turned into a 35-year study um, where she's followed couples over time. And I just learned so much. And then I started um, to study with Tony Robbins and Stan Tatkin and John Gottman and all these like really, really big um, people in this industry. And I just, I fell in love with the whole concept. And so while I was applying this to my own life and changing things, um, I decided that I wanted to help other people do the same. And so um, I met my partner, Renee, actually um, in March of 2000, um, a couple of weeks before the lockdown. 2020, you mean? 2020. 2020, yeah, 2020. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we ended up, uh, we had three dates. And on our fourth date, we moved in together for the lockdown. <laughs> wow. <laughs> With his son and his dog. Okay, And we figured it was either, you know, going to blow up in our faces and and we would go separate ways or it was going to work. And it worked out amazingly. We we got to know each other so well in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was applying a lot of the things that I learned, like date night. So even though we were in lockdown, we would have a weekly date night. Um, we know it was like no TV and, but sit and talk to each other. And that's where we really got to know, um, each other on a really deep level. And it was fantastic. I'd like to, congratulations. Yes. (laughs) I'd like to hear some golden nuggets, Kelly, for some people (laughs) who are already ready to, to welcome, to move on. on. Yes. Yes. So the thing that I realized is, you know, Out there, a lot of dating coaches focus on the dating process. And I realized that actually it's it's one of three key areas that you need to work on. So the first part is letting go, letting go of all that past. And whether you're out of a divorce or even if it's just been a long-term relationship or sometimes you've been single for years and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. But there's always something there to work through from your past that you need to let go of first. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the second piece is what I say, you need to become the one before you find the one, Mm -hmm. right? And this is this whole healing journey we talk about is is understanding what am I believing about myself, right? When you go Mm -hmm. through a divorce, you internalize that and say, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why couldn't I not make this work? Why didn't I do enough? Or why wasn't I enough? And so that piece is all about healing the trauma, healing the pain, and really becoming this person who the ideal person you want to be with would also want to be with. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I strongly believe you should attract a partner when you're in a really good place in your mm-hmm. life, when you mm-hmm. just want to share your fantastic life rather than looking for somebody to save you from a miserable life and yeah. to sort of suck all the goodness out of their life. I don't think yeah. that's a great foundation. Yeah. And then when you've got those two elements, then it's all about dating strategy. Right. Where do you go? How do you meet somebody? How do you start that connection? Yeah. And then how do you build trust? And that's probably one of the biggest challenges. How do you trust yeah. again? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that, that was my question with you specifically, because I think to, trust is 
in two directions in 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 my view towards myself in choosing the right person and towards the person that I'm awesome. looking at. <laughs> yep. How how was it with you? What did you could you share a little bit about your process? Yeah, so I work a lot with um attachment style, which is basically, you know, we look at um how your childhood was and what you learned as a child about yourself, about relationships, about men and women. And based on this, we create beliefs, right? So if love's available to us as children, we grow up as being very secure that love will always be there. Um, whether it's with this person I'm with or somebody else, it will be there. Mm-hmm. And for um, it's about you know 50% of the population, roughly. For the other half of us, we grow up with different um, belief systems. And so learning to understand what beliefs are running the show Um, and actually basically reprogramming a studio yes. very well is, you know, replacing those beliefs with more empowering beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do that and you start to get in alignment with your true self, your values, your worth, um, it's much easier to trust. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I teach people, you know, how to create um, a compatibility profile with a new partner what compatible looks like for them, what their core values are. And once you get clear on that and you know, it's so much easier to make a decision and say, I can trust myself that this is a good person because I know what compatible looks like now. Mm-hmm. I know what shared values I'm looking for. In your case, what was that? What was your discovery and how, how do you translate it into your compatibility profile that led yeah, you to I Renee mean, or that led Renee to you? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, like I said, this value of what I believed for family and relationships, I wanted somebody who wanted to also be a stepfather to my son, mm. you know, who valued that. Um, I'm really lucky. Renee is actually an experienced stepfather. His first marriage had stepchildren. And ah. so, yeah. So, you know, this very well so- trained. <laughs> exactly. He had this experience before and that was really important to me. Um, it was also really important to me that somebody was growth oriented, that was willing to work on problems with me and, you know, to sort of show up when things got difficult and not run away. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, you know, when I was dating after this, I was looking for. And before that, it, it never even crossed my mind that that was important. Mm-hmm. You know, it was sort of, I, I have this saying, right? Secure people go out and find somebody that fits to them. Insecure people fit themselves to the person they found. Mm-hmm. And that was me. I was, yeah. you know, I was going out there. I was finding somebody. I'm like, he looks nice. Yeah. And then I would adapt myself and my values yeah. would be compromised in order to make it work. Right. Right. And and that's what, you know, I teach is, get to know who you are authentically mm-hmm. and then find somebody that matches. I think of it like um, a roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. If we've got a roadmap of different cities and you're trying to get around one city, when one person says, we go right here, the other one looks at their map and goes, no, 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 we go left. And now you're trying to convince the other person that you're right. Mm-hmm. And when you get the same map, the same values and they align, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that's where this ease comes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what you've, what you've shared is beautiful. Right. And, mm-hmm. and those, the, you know, the, the tips or the, 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 the advice you have, I think that's applicable for, for anyone looking for love, yes. relationship, partnership, exactly. yeah. whether it's, you know, 
whether they're single or whether it's, you know, post-divorce or mm. any phase, I think that all of them are so, so yeah. applicable. Yeah. yeah. So I specialize in helping divorce singles find love again, mm-hmm. but I have so many clients that aren't divorced simply because there's so much. And a lot of people say like, I, I want to do this before, you know, I have to go mm-hmm. through a divorce and learn it the hard way. And I think that's true. I wish, I wish people taught us this when we were kids, you know, right. I mean, I think um, if I could ever change something in the world, it would be that schools incorporate, how do you choose a partner? How do you create a life together? How do you navigate crises? Every relationship has at least one major crisis. Yeah. It's a given. Yeah. How do you deal with conflict and all that stuff? And I think those are the life skills I wish mm-hmm. that we were teaching in schools. Absolutely. And it would save so many relationship you know, breakdowns, I think, if we were taught that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, what I'm also hearing from what you ju- you're sharing, Kelly, is that new beginning, which is healthier than new beginning in relationship that will be healthier than you had before, starts when you choose you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. That's the foundation. And mm-hmm. then you will attract people that choose themselves, but because they choose themselves, their giving becomes so normal and yes. so yeah unconditional somehow yeah I yeah I mean, we hear a lot that you know the self-love and yeah and people say yeah this is great but I don't know how to do it right mm. and I always say self-love starts with knowing yourself right knowing what's important to you and living in alignment with those things right mm-hmm. if, if you're somebody that needs to take time for yourself to be able to do that without feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're somebody that really values growth and learning, Mm -hmm. invest in yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Those are the things that start this self-love and it also impacts our self-confidence, right? When we do for ourselves those things and we know we're worthy, it strengthens our self-confidence and our self-worth. Yeah. If people who know you can summarize how you grow or evolve in these eight years of <laughs> intense uh, learnings. How w- what would they say, Kelly? Uh, I mean, I think there's one word I hear all the time, which somehow I find it, you know, I love it. But I also think sometimes when I look at how the path went, people don't see everything behind the scenes, of course. People always say that I, I inspire them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see that I can see where I started and where I'm at definitely, but it's that realization that y- you don't know everything that goes on. You don't know all the breakdowns I had, mm-hmm. all the, the tears and the stress and, and yeah, the, the worry that I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think what's inspiring is to actually see somebody that has come through it because when you're in it, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. Yes. And then that's where looking to somebody who said, wow, like they made it. And I had those people too in my life, mm. but I was looking at and I go, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we, we wanted to share your story because right. you've made it. So <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> Now I have a question. Obviously you talked about, um, you know, having shared values and the importance of, you know, knowing yourself and all of that. I guess when it comes to relationship, you know, what about chemistry? Where does, you know, an attraction, where does that, where does that end? Yeah. So I have, I talk about the three C's of relationships, Mm -hmm. which are compatibility, 
connection and chemistry in that order. Mm-hmm. I think we, most people grow up with this Hollywood romanticized vision that we want to meet somebody in a random setting, like they do in Hollywood at the street, at the dry cleaners, the gas station. <laughs> we look into each other's eyes and we fall madly in love and we live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. The thing is, and this is where studying the science helps, is I understand so much more about what chemistry is, right? Mm-hmm. Chemistry is part of a biological desire to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bonded to each other. We're full of hormones. Um, you know, our hormones cloud our judgment. We're actually, it's like being drunk on love. It's true, mm-hmm. right? That's why we do, you know, all these things like our focus, we're hyper-focused on this person, um, because it's it's part of this biological need to connect, to bond, to reproduce. And so what I teach people is learn to first judge on compatibility so that mm-hmm. you don't end up in a relationship where the chemistry is amazing. And then when the hormones wore off, you look at this person and go, what are we doing together? I don't really like this person. Mm-hmm. Right. I think first look at compatibility. And this comes down to. Do we have shared values? Do we have a shared life vision? This is also mm-hmm. important. Do we yeah. want the same things? Yeah. Um, and then I also work with um, a model from Tony Robbins called the six human needs, which is mm-hmm. all humans have the same six basic needs. And in a relationship, are we both um, able and willing to meet the other person's six needs? Mm-hmm. Uh, a really common one that people say is I never felt safe or I never trusted my partner, right? Certainty, safety is such a basic need we have as human beings. If we're in relationships where we don't have that security, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. And I find so many people accept that, right? Mm -hmm. And that for me is is a real basic, you can't have security in relationship, then you're not compatible. Mm -hmm. You really want to be able to feel safe with the person and safe is not just like violence or or physical abuse. It's I feel safe that I know that they're going to be there tomorrow. Mm. Um, If we have a conflict together, I know that we're going to work it out together. Mm. This won't be the end of our relationship. And therefore I have to avoid the conflict because I don't feel safe to speak my mind or to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. And those things are really important. I also think that when you say this, what comes to mind for me is, but we also need to feel safe within ourselves, no, to be able to attract or to to see the compatibility in others. Absolutely, and that's where the attachment work, yeah, is so important. Super important. As you become more secure, you're more confident to ask those questions. Right, they're more confident to say, "This isn't okay for me," and mm-hmm. let's discuss. You know what would work better, mm-hmm. and you know when I say to people, "Did you have a discussion?" <laughs> How many people said, oh, I couldn't talk about that. You know, and that's how I help people is learning right. to have adult yeah. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to trust yourself enough to, to raise those, mm-hmm. those feelings and those concerns or thoughts mm-hmm. or whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then leads me to this uh, next segment. I have three questions actually okay. for you. <laughs> like to give post all my questions in so if you were to because this is really a beautiful reflection kelly uh, if you were to speak to three groups of people okay what would you say to them first group is the people who are thinking to start or initiate a divorce 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Because something doesn't work for them anymore. Second would be the one who is going through it. Mm-hmm. And the third thing, the third group is the people who support the people going through a divorce. Okay. So people who are thinking about going through a divorce, um, and I actually have people like this who I do work with, is helping mm-hmm. them understand, you know, should I say or should I go is the question. And it all right. comes down to compatibility. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you look at we are compatible, we we've had a strong love, but we're going through a crisis, mm-hmm. um, then you can actually come back from that. It's about learning one, not only the communication skills, but it's also learning adult communication, learning to be vulnerable again, learning to see having positive intent. So yeah. I always say to those people, before you decide to get out, understand, are you compatible with this person? And ask yourself if there is possibility to save that Mm -hmm. marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, for the people going through the divorce, um, you know, I do believe not every marriage can or should be saved. Mm -hmm. When you're incompatible and, you know, you keep going through the same cycles and you don't have shared values, it's, I believe it's very difficult to actually create a marriage that's going to be fulfilling for both people. Mm -hmm. And so, I tell this to my clients who are going through divorce and at the time they don't believe it, but they all come back and say, you were right. It's that at some point you're going to get to the other side and you're going to look back and you're probably going to say, this was the best thing that ever happened to me Mm. because you get a chance to now live authentically who you are to live your values and to have another chance to not compromise on the things that are so important to you. Can I quickly ask them, the compatibility can change over time, no? Well, yes and no. (laughs) So I think, you know, we can change what we think, but our core values, I believe, are part of our essence Mm -hmm. and part of what make us unique, right? So our interests will change, Um, you know, focus when you're young and you're not, you don't have children. Of course, your focus is probably on career and then you start having Mm -hmm. a family and your focus change. But there's always these underlying values that Mm -hmm. influence your decisions. And and I think that's what happens with a lot of people is they focus too much on the external way things play out, right? Um, Our interests have changed. They used to like this music and now they don't. Those things don't actually matter, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's your core values. and, And for those that are struggling with the decision, do I stay or go? Come back to the core values. And, and look there and try and be more open to say, okay, this looks different than I thought. And that's another thing. A lot of people have a fantasy, right? I talked about that at the beginning too, this fantasy of how my life should look. Mm-hmm. And when our life doesn't actually go according to the fantasy, we think something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so much of the time I say, you need to just divorce the fantasy and live in reality, be present to what is. Mm-hmm. because it's not good or bad. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Be open to see the truth and you can actually find love and, and joy and freedom in the reality you're in rather mm-hmm. than holding on to it should have been this way and it isn't. And therefore I cause suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do the, and the last supporting. Group, yes. Um, was yeah. Those that support. Um, I, one thing I, come across a lot. And, you know, most people going through a divorce will go to a therapist, right? And 
Um, this is extremely helpful. I did it. Um, I was many years in therapy, helping deal with the crisis. What I realized and what I see in a lot of people is they come out of this feeling better, but feeling like a victim. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage everyone when you're supporting is help people put down that sort of role as the victim, right? Whether they were the one who decided to have the divorce or not, or it was a joint or whatever the the circumstances are, we all have the ability and the strength to then make decisions after to, to create a life that we love. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of people get stuck in the victim mentality. I can't do this or because of what happened to me, this is my future. And that's where I think supporters can play a huge role of saying, okay, yeah, you know, this sucked. This was not fun, but let's, draw the line in the sand and let's, you know, leave that in the past and let's create a life Mm -hmm. that you absolutely love for the future and Mm -hmm. take back the power of making decisions for yourself. Thank you. And how much of of consideration for you when you met Rene in the the way you see him, because you are, you were not finished the, the, the process at the time. Right. So he's part of this pool, the third pool of people supporting you yeah. What what is it that you were considering when you met him or what you saw? You, you mentioned values. Is there anything else in connection to just specifically on the divorce process? Yeah, I mean, of course, our our vision for the future was a key one in that. And we talked a lot about it because, like I said, okay. I was very much. I was vocal about it. It's like, you know, I yeah. wouldn't date me. I'm, I'm in a divorce process. <laughs> like, If you're willing to do it, that's your responsibility. But this is what's coming. Right. And, and his divorce was very, very different than mine. And so he's like, yeah, I've been through this. I'm like, no, you you don't understand. Like, this is not what most people go through and you need to be ready to sort of be there and you don't need to make the decisions. You don't need to be, but I need somebody um, by my side who will support me, who will listen, who will help pick me up when, you know, I need that. And, and he said, I'm ready. Like, I'll be there for you. I'll support. And like I said, he was the one that opened the door to actually creating a more collegial relationship with my ex-husband. Mm. Um, I was away um, one night when he came to pick up my son and Renee started talking to him and they ended up chatting for like three quarters of an hour at the front door. <laughs> and uh, then Renee said, yeah, I talked to him. He's a good guy. And I was like a little bit taken aback by it. And he said, yeah, you know, I think I see, I see what you saw in him. I see these aspects of him and cool. And the next time he came over, Renee said, Hey, come on in. And I was like, okay. And we sat at the table and my son was over the moon. Like he was like, this was the greatest day. Like to see my parents again, talking to each other and, and being civil. And since that day, whenever he comes over now, you know, he can come in um, you know, if we're having dinner, he had dinner with us one night and, and things have really changed. And so I guess there's also the learning and time can really heal mm. all wounds. If you're willing to, um, put down the sword, you know, I always say that, um, yeah. and just let the past be the past and to be open to creating something new, right. We have now a very different relationship and it's not that emotional, um, tie that kept us through the divorce process, but we're able to see each other as 
two people and as co-parents and as the parents of our son, who we both, of course, love very much. Yes. Yeah. That is a beautiful yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a an ending I could have ever written myself, I think. Mm. Um, I, I could have, yeah, probably, as we say in Canada, bet the farm that I would never you know, have a discussion with him. And I was dreading, like, what happens when my son gets married and we both need to go to the wedding or does one of us not get to go? Like, that's the kind of future I was predicting. Mm. And to be where we are now, I think, is a huge gift. But I think, yeah. and I think just shows, you know, how how far you've got, you know, how much mm. work you've done on yourself and how far you've come, right? right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, huge yeah. acknowledgement to you for, for that. You yeah, know? and that's what I say, you know, when you keep that victim um, I always say like you're carrying the ball, right? It's mm-hmm. time to put the ball down. Yeah. And when you're willing to put the ball down, new possibilities open up. Yeah. You're much lighter, you're much freer. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So Kelly, you you're helping people with this, yeah? These days. Yes. <laughs> so let's just briefly, in case people want to check you out. <laughs> yeah. So um, the best place to get in touch with me is I run a Facebook group. It's called How to Date After Divorce and Create an Extraordinary Relationship. So if anybody's interested, you're welcome to join my Facebook group. Um, you can contact me directly through Messenger. Um, and I run a coaching program where I take both men and women, um, divorced, single, whatever, you know, your, your past relationship history. Um, but I take them through these three key areas of letting go becoming the one and creating a dating strategy to go on and find the one so beautiful um, I have a I have a great job I absolutely (laughs) yeah to be able to see people and help accompany them through this journey is is an amazing gift and you know I always say look for look for the gift in everything you know so part of my divorce actually created this new life for me and so for that I'm also really grateful beautiful story and and you have also a a website I have a website. Yes, it's yeah. um, kellybrandley.com. I think um, maybe you can put the link yeah. um, below the video. So if anyone yes. wants to contact me there, they're welcome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure. I love to share my story and inspire people that divorce is not the end, but it can be the beginning of a great new story. Right, exactly. I love that. I love that. I believe breakdowns is the beginning can be a beginning of a a more beautiful story so divorce is one of that it's funny actually even when I was in high school um, I remember in in the yearbook right we do that in America (laughs) I'm Canadian but um, and there was this Canadian band called Semisonic and that was always my favorite quote was every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end wise (laughs) wise band (laughs) wise band (laughs) thank you Kelly it's been a pleasure thank you both for the opportunity it's our pleasure yes a pleasure what a hopeful story that Julie and I would like to put out for February when it comes to love love thank you good everybody thank you so much for listening I hope you get a couple of golden nuggets from this conversation you can always listen to it again because there's a lot being shared here otherwise feel free to check out Kelly's website and my website and hopefully see you in the next episode for now we all of us from Switzerland we're saying goodbye bye bye bye